So this morning, or rather this afternoon, I just want to have a conversation. And this conversation just stems out of the, the workings of God, just not in my life, everything that I see around me. Amen? One of the most baffling statements to me is just to hear God say to me, I love you. For many of us, sometimes we hear those things, we hear that statement, it seems as if it's just something. Because many times you hear someone else say to you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And the word love seems to have just been commonized to where when we hear it, it really doesn't make much difference to us. It just becomes like an everyday phrase that we have. But for us as believers, it's something we need to take to a different level. Because love, for me, begins from Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. So that man would have dominion. So that man would be like us. And when man failed, in spite of it all, Love still came and still restored man to where man needs to be. I don't know about you. For me, everyday living is as challenging as it may be. But just to know the assurance of the love of the Father is enough to carry me through the day. And for many of us, or rather even for me as well, it takes the hearing of it over and over and over again. And at some point in time, the light bulb just goes up. And the world of difference begins in our lives. Which is why you will hear the same message preached from a different flavor over and over again. Because one thing God wants to get across to us, that he loves us. Whatever message you hear, however that message is preached, the crux of the matter is this, that God loves us. This morning, I'm going to talk about the authority that we have in our union with Christ. And I want to begin this morning by reading Romans chapter 5 and verse 6, uh, verse, sorry, Romans chapter 6 and verse 5. Can you give me that in NIV? Romans chapter 6 verse 5. Romans 6 verse 5. It says, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. That is a loaded statement. If we have been united with him, like him in his death, we certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Now what that statement means is this. That all that Christ has accomplished for us as human, through his death, burial, and resurrection, is for us 
and in a sense of us. All that Christ did is for us and in a sense is of us. He died to sin once and he lives to God. He came under the dominion of death, but death could not master him. He rose and broke the power of both sin and death. Now, he lives forever in the resurrection life of God. And this is the front line. The same is as true of us as it is of Christ. Take that in. You see, because if you understand this, it will change your perspective and the daily victorious living will no longer be a challenge. I want to repeat it. Everything that Christ has accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection, it is true of you and in a sense of you. When he died, you died. When he rose, you rose. Now that is living, you are living. In other words, it is no longer your life, but Christ's life. Let me repeat again. It's no longer your life, but Christ's life. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What Paul is saying here is that in relationship to both sin and to God, the determining factor of my existence is no longer my past, but Christ's past. It's no longer my future, but the future that I have is in Christ. Are you following me? What he's saying in essence is, this new creation life is based on the finished work of Christ and I live each day as a new creation. A new creation looking on, not onto myself but onto Christ. Are you following me? Now what Paul is saying here is that the basic framework of a Christian the basic framework of our existence is saying is that I am a dead man brought to life. Are you following me? That I am a dead man brought to life. However, this life is not my life. One of the most impossible life to live is a Christian life outside of Christ. You attempt to do it, you will fall flat on your face. Because every day, just like you and I, prior to understanding this, you will say, I want to be a good person. I promise I will say things that are nice. 
And that's all the devil needs to know. It will just dangle just a little. Boom. But understand this. That the life of a Christian is the life of Christ. That's why it's called, you are called a Christian in the first place. Now, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is what gave us our identity as individuals. It is what took away from us our own self-image and brought upon us an identity so that we can live this Christian life in the God way. Are you following me? Now the question then is, how then does God the Father treat us? God the Father treats us the same way as he treats Jesus Christ. In other words, when God relates to you, all he sees is Jesus. When God, when you pray to God, or, or God hears, is the voice of Jesus. Because you have identified with the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Now the flip side of this that like I was talking to you about when we talk about love in the beginning, when I talk about love in the beginning is this. For you to understand union with God, for you to understand this dead burial and resurrection, you first have to understand love. Because you see, love by nature seeks union. I want that to sink home. Love by its own nature, it seeks union. How many of you the husbands and wives that are here, that you say you love your wife, but I don't seek to be in union with the wife. It's not possible, right? You cannot love somebody and not yearn to be with the person. What am I saying to you? That God loves you alone is not just that. He's saying to you, because I love you, by nature of love that seeks union, I have become one now with you. So you cannot explain love without attaching it to union. And you cannot understand union with Christ without understanding the love of God. Because by nature of love, it wants to anchor onto something. Now imagine this, that God emptied himself just for the sole purpose of coming to be one with you. So that when you hear, I would never leave you nor forsake you. It is not that when I get in trouble, then God shows up. It is that while I'm in trouble, God is in there. So that the consciousness of this fact that God is in there tampers everything. But first it begins with the understanding that God loves me. And that because he loves me, he has sought union with me. And in this union, he has become my strength in my weakness. And that irrespective of anything that I may go through or may be going through, it does not affect this union. I, I don't know how to get this across. Please give me Psalm 139. Give it to me in NLT. Psalm 139. 
I'm going to start from verse 1. Psalm 139. It says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. Four. You know when I'm going, when, I, what I'm, when I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up in heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask darkness, the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. And darkness and light are the same to you. Now, that is David in the Old Testament. Imagine what Jesus has done now in his death, burial, and resurrection. He has formed a bond with you that it is not possible for you to cut him off. Your sins can't cut him off. Your words can't cut him off. Your actions can't cut him off. He has formed a bond with you that is irreversible, irrevocable. Because he paid a price for the opportunity to be one with you. If you understand this, every other thing pales in his sight. That I am one with Christ. I carry everything Christ in me. And if Christ cannot be down, I cannot be down. If death could not hold him captive. If sin could not bound him. He's saying to you, the life you live in the flesh, now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. All God saw prior to Christ was a set of people that were struggling to please him. And he said, rather than you struggling for too long, I'm going to make a way where your struggles are over. Where you have a new beginning. That is why the scripture tells you, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away and everything has now become new.
First John chapter four. First John chapter four. Verse 17, please. Just NKJV. First John chapter four, verse 17. Hear this statement. Love has been perfected among us in this, in what? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Second part, because as he is, so are we in this world. Take that in. It didn't say as he is, so are you. It says so are you in this world. In other words, what makes Christ Christ is the fact that he overcame death and gave you and I a life to live this earth. So what he's saying is, as he is in his entirety as a person, so are you now in this world. That there is nothing that Christ has accomplished that is not for you. If he conquered death, it is because of you. If he brought life, it is because of you. He didn't do it, in other words, for you to be crying every day for, you to, for him to help you. He did it that he may live with you so you will know that he's your present help in the time of need. Even when you don't have a need. But what affects us most time is the lack of the consciousness of this truth in our lives. Many times we hear it for just the sake of hearing. But to be able to bring it to bear in our situations on a daily basis, it takes a whole lot more. In other words, the words sometimes can just be words. Until they become a part of me. That is why Jesus said in John chapter 15, Abide in me and my words abide in you. Because if you understand that truth, Jesus is saying, you live victoriously. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Jesus is saying, one plus one in this is equal to two. You don't need to look for any other answer. The truth to this life is, be conscious of me on a daily basis and be assured of a victorious life. Because in that same chapter, he said, you would ask anything in my name. So what Jesus was saying is, listen, if you were conscious of this union that you have, you ask anything and you will almost see it automatically answered. He's saying, you will, you will come across situation and people will be wondering why you have such peace. In the midst of all of this, not understanding it is the consciousness of the Christ life that is in you that is giving you this victory day after day after day after day. Colossians chapter 3. The one thing that union with Christ brings out in your life is confidence. Absolute confidence. No wonder John will say that this is the confidence that we have in him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. It is not a God that is out there somewhere that I'm praying to. It is a God that paid a price to be with me 
So that when I'm having a conversation with him, we begin to see things happen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. This is where I'm going to end this message. If you then were raised with Christ, comma, <laughs> oh, sometimes I like the scriptures when I read them. If you then were raised with Christ, it is the word if in the scripture many times brings with it a condition. If you do this, I will do this. That's the law language. But in this context, it's different. He's saying, if you then were raised with Christ, it's speaking directly now to an understanding, a knowledge. In other words, if there is an understanding, if you have come to grasp with this truth that you have been raised with Christ, if you understand every day as you wake up, that you are a dead man that has been brought alive because of Christ. Paul is saying, if you were raised, you then were raised with Christ. The next thing he says that automatically will happen. Seek those things which are above. In other words, it's like Paul. Where Paul will say to you, I forget about those things which are behind and I reach forward. What does this guy mean? That for him to live is what? And to die is what? When Christ who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal Christ in me? What gave this guy such boldness? He understood he has been raised with Christ. And in being raised with Christ, he said, I began to seek those things. I no longer sought after earthly things. I no longer sought after things that would gratify my flesh. I, I'm seeking now after those things which are above. Where? Where Christ is. I mean, look at that again. He put comma. Where Christ is. Where is Christ? Oh, come on, come on, talk to me. Where is Christ? No, no, where is Christ? Talk to me. Okay, if he's above, raise your hand. If he's above, if you say he's above, raise your hands. Aha. Because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He says, where Christ is. Is because where you think Christ is determines the victory you experience every day. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But the Christ that is afar is someone I will call on only when I'm in trouble. That's true. Because for many of us, the only times we pray are the times when we get in trouble. So for us, Christ is afar. When I'm not in trouble, I really don't need him. I am self-disciplined, like Dr. Nofio said this morning. I can do things in my own strength. But when I'm overwhelmed, then let me call on this Christ. But Paul is saying, I'm talking to a different set of people. 
If you then be raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, where sitting at the right hand of God. Now the question is, are you sitting with him or not? Come on, talk to me. Yes, you are. I mean, we had a whole week of teaching on being seated with Christ. So here's Paul. He's saying, sitting at the right hand of God. And one of the things we learn from the position of sitting is you're relaxed. You're at rest. What rest then means that you are not moved by anything. They say to you, the building is about to be demolished. Well, I know for a fact it will not fall on me. The doctor says to you, there is no hope. I know you have not written the last story of my life. If you didn't create it, you can't write the last story. If the mortgage company says, I'm coming to foreclose. Well, I know one thing for sure. It didn't bring me on earth to leave me homeless. Verse 2. Set your mind on the things above and not on the things on the earth. The place that most of us had defeated the most is in our mind, our thoughts. That's why Paul will keep admonishing us in Philippians chapter 4. He says, those things that be of good report, that are praiseworthy, think on these things. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If I think Christ is not with me, then my actions will speak about that. If I think I'm in union with Christ, then my actions will speak in line with that. At the end of the day, Paul is saying, set your mind. I mean, it's almost a bold statement and at the same time a command. If you then be raised with Christ, first of all, he says, seek those things which are above. Almost as if he's saying, set your mind on the things which are above. And now there's a repetition of it again. By saying, set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. But verse 4, is, verse 3 is one of the most interesting for me. For you died. Can you imagine that? They look at you and say, you, you died. He says, and your life is hidden, hidden, hidden. If you understand, I mean, let's look at that word hidden. If I, if I take this bag, okay? It's our life, there's money in there, I will not return it. So, if I take this bag and there's a treasure... And I put it in this bag. And somebody wants to begin to look for this treasure. Do you think just with the ordinary eye, they will see it? Now, this is what God is saying. Your life is hidden in Christ and in God. What he's saying is, when anyone sees this bag, all they see is me. Because you are hidden in me. We have together formed a union. That is inseparable. That everything about you when they see it is all about me. 
when you look at this green bag, you may not see the treasure in it, but if they bring, because that green bag is beautiful, you appreciate the green bag. So God is saying to you, I am your treasure. I want you to be so, I want you to know that you are so hidden in me. I mean, that is why sometimes I wonder when people say to me, the, the, the devil wants to destroy my life. Which life? Your life? Where is your life? So if your life is in Christ, what, what does the devil have to do with you? The first point of call for the devil is to go and face God. And if the devil cannot face God, why would he face you if your life is hidden in God? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Your life is hidden in God. It is indestructible. You know, there's this thing called mirage. So when the sun is shining, you're driving, you, see, you seem like you see a pool of water. And if you're like a man that is thirsty, hungry, whatever, you may think it's a pool of water and just run into it to want water to drink and there's really nothing. I want you to know that's the lie of the devil. All the devil pulls is a mirage. If it can sink in you that you are joined together with God, death could not hold him captive. He conquered sin and death. He brought life into you. And the life he brought into you is no longer your life. It is his life. And he's saying, go live this life. I have an assurance that there is nothing that can destroy you. I give you an assurance. There is nothing that can change what I've done in your life. Your life is hidden in Christ and in God. I mean, that is the confidence Jesus would have. When the boat was shaking... And they went to wake him up. He knows his life is somewhere. I mean, why would the things that move the world begin to move him? If he gets moved by that, then he, he may as well just be like them. But the Bible says he got up and said, peace. And that's the only one statement. When the disciples, of every marvelous thing Jesus has done, this one marveled them so much so they said, what kind of a human being is this anyway? I mean, they've seen him multiply bread. They've seen him multiply fish. They've seen everything. And yet, he says to the wind, be still. I want you to know that the great one that is in you has given you authority over the elements of the world. That there is nothing that should move or shake you because of the union you have with God. Because of the confidence of the love that you have in him. As long as that consciousness is there, there's nothing the enemy can do with you. Understand that. Because this is where the devil defeats us most of the time. He throws a mirage and we take a cup of water there. Wanting to drink of it. It, it, will, it will help you not to even face him and start fighting him. Because he's a defeated human being. 
But here is what I'm saying to you. After all has been said and done, if you then be raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, for your life is hidden in Christ and in God. I pray to God that this truth captures our hearts in such a way that even when you have needs that are met, when you think you have failed God, when you think you are overwhelmed by situations, when you feel like not getting up or going forward, that you will understand this truth. As he is, so are you in this world. That you are joined together with him. And as long as nothing can take you out from him, nothing can ever shake you. I want you to be assured of that. That irrespective of where you find yourself now, your tomorrow is greater. There is nothing about your history or your story that can be changed. It has been permanently written by the blood of the Lamb. And there is nothing and no one that can erase it. The message I want to give to you this afternoon is this. The love of the Father. The union that you are a part of is irreversible, is irrevocable. I want you to enjoy it every day. I want you to know the Father is there with you. That no matter where you are, while you are enjoying, enjoy with him. When there are challenges, he knows he's there with you. That is why those statements, those scriptures in the Bible are just not for written there for, for the sake of just reading. I would never leave you, nor forsake you. I will be with you, even to the end of the age. I'm still with you. I want you to know. I say to people, one of the best statements in the Bible is when I read, and it came to pass. So that there is nothing you're going through. You are still going to come back to say, and it came to pass. Say with me, it came to pass. That is the life of Christ in you. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, this would even help you to evangelize. Because the truth is in our workplace, we have a lot of people that have problems. But the reason they can't even give it to us is because they also see us in problems. And they see the way we attack the problems. But when you begin to change it, and you walk conscious of this truth, it changes how you see things and how you minister to everyone around you. Because ultimately, the end goal of God is that your life affects somebody else's life. The end goal of God is that this river that is in you will refresh everyone that is around you. And so I want you to ask yourself this question. 
do I have a true understanding of this union that I have? And if I don't, what do I need to begin to do? Number one, abide in this truth. What does it mean to abide? Change the way you think. Think the thoughts of Christ. The most important of it all. And once that begins to happen on a daily basis, you begin to see changes in your life day after day after day after day. I want you to stand to your feet. Your life is hidden in Christ and in God. I want you to talk to God this afternoon. Ask him, open my eyes. Cause an understanding to come of this place that I am in you. Lord, cause a revelation to flood my heart in such a way, oh God, that I live conscious of this truth that I am one with you. I want that to be your prayer this afternoon. Lord, open my eyes. Let me know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That it is not just a scripture I read. It is my lifestyle. Lord, this is my prayer. That what defeats the world will not defeat me because Lord, I know there is power in me. Open my eyes. You said if I abide in you and my, your words abide in me. You said I would ask anything and it shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. You said if I be risen with Christ, I know I am risen with Christ. You said I should seek those things where Christ is seated in me. Open my eyes. That I, play, I have a place of authority that I've not tapped into. Open my eyes to know that there is power within me to overcome in any situation because Jesus, you have overcome already. Help me, oh God, that this life I live, I will understand it is in you and through you. For in you I live, I move, and I have my being. Father, this afternoon, therefore, Lord, in the name of Jesus, whatever issues or circumstances that has plagued your people, that has clouded our mind in such a way we do not see the power of the union that we have in you. Father, this afternoon, we terminate the power of such in the name of Jesus. Father, we receive the grace to come out of every situation. And we declare that in the name of Jesus, our eyes be opened to see the lies of the enemy. Because your word declares is the father of lies. And Lord, let your truth, O oh God, rise up within us. The truth in such a way, O oh God, that when we leave this place, our lives will not be the same again. We will relate to ourselves based on who you see us as. 
that we are the children of the Most High God. That we are hidden in you. That everything about our life, oh God, is covered in Jesus. For you said, when Christ, who is alive, shall appear. Lord, we pray that the appearance of the life of Jesus will be visible in our lives in the name of Jesus. For everything that seems to be dead, we receive life. And we declare, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, as a people, as your word comes forth, it will bring about changes and transformation in our lives as we hold on to your truth. We bless you this day. We glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.